Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. Uh, maybe as a, as a, as an Amazon Prime member, you are getting those deliveries in less than 24 hours. So whatever you order online, you 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 just want it maybe in two hours or four hours, right? So all these shorter tasks are only going to be possible when you are able to revolutionize and maybe organize the last mile uh, delivery of a product. So that was the catch here for us that we really wanted to bring something more sustainable. Uh, more eco-friendly to the overall space, and definitely keep on to maintain the productivity levels and service levels that are required in the last mile space. Hi, everybody! Thank you for the tremendous support and love towards the 30-minute hustle you've shown in the last year. We are completely overwhelmed with the response we have received from our previous episode with Mr. Murugan on scaling Manavpur. Today, on this episode, we have Pratik. Pratik is the founder of Zingo Logistics, which is India's largest green last-mile logistic provider. Pratik and his team is working in the space with an experience of over 35 years in the logistics and supply chain ecosystem. The companies they work with are Big Basket, Grofers, Amazon, GeoMart, Flipkart on their last mile deliveries. We also collaborated with the biggest names in this ecosystem such as Sun Mobility, Log9 and EVRE. Zingo currently serves in over 10 cities in India and today we speak about Pratik's vision to help companies to help contribute to the environment by using their EV infrastructure and last mile connectivity. Thank you Pratik for getting on the 30 minute hustle on a very short uh, notice and super excited for what you do and especially in, in the space you guys are dwelling in. Well, uh, please give us an introduction about yourself and the company you have built. Yeah. So, hi guys. I am Pratik Rao. I am the CEO and founder for Zingo. And uh, we are India's largest electric three-wheeler, hyper-local delivery and fleet management company. We started our journey in October 2019. Uh, by qualification, I am an engineer and an MBA uh, from uh, SPJ in Mumbai in India. And uh, I have been uh, into the logistics space for more than eight years now, handling various verticals in the fleet management and vehicle management side of the business. Also, uh, my family is deeply rooted into the logistics sector for more than 35 plus years now. So uh, we, we have been uh, handling various verticals in the logistics sector, uh, primarily dealing with service centers, uh, tire domains, cost per kilometer models, AMCs, etc. And uh, I've got an opportunity to work with esteemed clients like uh, uh, Gati, Safe Express, uh, startups like Revigo, and many other companies in this space. And what was your founding of Zingo? What was the call that you had in the, in the existing space you had that you wanted to leverage onto the platform you're currently building? Yeah, so uh, basically how it worked was that uh, uh, what was the origin behind starting Zingo was that uh, uh, so basically, if I'll start with the name first. So Zingo is basically adapted from a Greek name. In Greek, Zingo means a great idea or a good concept. So that is where we started our journey uh, and calling our company Zingo. And uh, secondly, uh, there was a lot of eco in the into the EV ecosystem across in India. Okay, and uh, we were still as a, as a new generation, as a as a second generation in my house. I was really keen in uh, exploring more for, more verticals which were kind of related to the experience that I had in, in the logistics space. Okay. And uh, therefore, this, therefore, I could foresee an opportunity here that there was a lot of uh, eco going on into the EV space. And I could foresee that there is some kind of a connection 
that can be built across in the uh, by bringing in electric vehicles in the in the logistics ecosystem so uh, we were the first company we were exploring that uh, that there's a lot of uh, companies big companies like amazon big basket you know who are doing e-commerce and grocery deliveries uh, and they were pre- pre- predominantly dependent upon ics inter- internal combustion vehicles right so we thought that it would be a g- great use case uh, to maybe replace these and uh, help these companies in the transition from ic vehicles to electric vehicles so that was the basic idea which which gave us a uh, give us a start and we started deploying electric vehicles because in india the the market picked up with electric two wheelers and electric three wheelers primarily so we started uh, giving proof of concepts uh, based on our logistics background we had some fair idea about the slas and the kind of uh, productivity these companies would require you know uh, to to match their pace uh, we 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 could maintain that with the, with the with the entire efforts of our team so that is how we basically began our journey so pratik you you were you are talking about how you are a second generation um, um you know a second generation person who's in the logistics space um what was it that was something that you know your parents who were that was working on this what is it that they did and what is it that you saw as you grew up and as your transition as an engineer and to see how the ev space started developing what is it what is that problem that you saw specifically right so uh, basically uh, i would say that uh, if you talk about the indian logistics industry okay so it has been a very fragmented and unorganized industry okay uh, more than 75% of fleet owners in india across india have less than 5 trucks and only 9% players are uh, you can see in the overall space uh, would be organized players right so uh, basically and there is zero uh, negligible penetration on the ev side as of now currently and uh, uh, coming to my background so my my dad uh, my uncle you know they they are from the logistics background so one of my uncles he's my mentor and an advisor as well he's a supply chain specialist and has worked for the defense services for more than 30 plus years also he was really a part of the uh, the amazon transportation team atspl and he was instrumental in starting the journey of amazon in india by scaling up their last mile business across india and uh, coming to the problem statement here is that uh, uh, basically uh, what happens is that if you talk about a product delivery you know it is comprised by multiple uh, segments so in 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 broadly we categorize in four segments first mile mid mile uh, line haul and last mile so line haul is primarily the trucking segment where you can see the intercity movement and uh, it is it is also quite revolutionized in india i would say overall as a space with a lot of uh, companies coming in, in into play like revigo delivery and other com- other startups you know who have who have done tremendously well and uh, brought a lot of tech platforms into this space but if you talk about last mile so last mile is the last end of that journey when a product is delivered from the customer warehouse to the doorstep of the consu- of the end user so this is practically the one of the most challenging aspects of the journey because it this constitutes around 43% of the entire delivery cost that is incurred while delivering a product secondly it is basically uh, these nuances that you know all these big big companies you can see that they are uh, promising uh, deliveries in shorter tacks right uh, maybe as a, as a, as an amazon prime member you are getting those deliveries in less than 24 hours 
so whatever you order online you 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 just wanted maybe in 2 hours or 4 hours right yeah. so all these shorter tasks are only going to be possible when you are able to revolutionize and maybe organize the last mile uh, delivery of a product so that was the catch here for us that we really wanted to bring something more sustainable uh, more eco friendly to the overall space and definitely keep on to maintain the productivity levels and service levels that are required in the last mile space nice so so were you guys already having a fleet of um, when you said you were already in the logistics business did you guys already have a fleet that you were operating and then now you're so, sort of changing that fleet into a more of an ev uh, ev vehicles is that what is happening uh, so technically i would say we never had a fleet but we were associated in various verticals okay. maybe we were uh, as a part of the logistics business we were associated to a lot of companies who were into line haul we were even associated with companies providing them warehousing services you know all the other aspects to the business but never a fleet so this is the first time that i uh, as a as an entrepreneur uh, we could we could start foray into this business and uh, definitely uh, my idea and my perception of getting into this business was a more sustainable and a, a and a futuristic approach towards this so that is why we chose to basically uh, drive our uh, drive our business on electric vehicles rather than on ic fleets and and pratik like uh, interesting that you know you emphasize on how fragmented the logistic industry is and you know logistic constitutes to 14% of our gdp and still we are so fragmented and you know like especially when it comes to adoption of newer uh, infrastructure and newer evs uh, methodologies in space what do you see the biggest burden uh, for for a startup like yours what is the first thing that you are trying to change in this ecosystem so uh, see uh, first of all i would say in this space currently uh, there is a lot of uh, positivity going on around because there is a lot of uh, acceptance that we can foresee here because uh, more and more companies especially into the e-commerce spectrum companies like amazon companies like flipkart zomato all these companies have uh, basically pledged and they are they have they have uh, clearly indicated that they are transitioning from ics to evs so like uh, when uh, when mr jeff bezos was in india he he himself was driving seen driving a three wheeler electric three wheeler uh, which which gives a lot of push to such a nascent industry which is it's which is such an early stage right now and uh, india being a very challenging and a very competitive market so it's it's really important that uh, the government is also uh, behind and supporting these initiatives so uh, definitely in this current scenario we can see that there is a lot of push from the government as well that uh, the kind of subsidies that are being offered on electric vehicles uh, the kind of platforms that are being created so we can see that there is a lot of push from the government side as well that they really want their that they are really focused to in the cutting down the emissions uh, from the carbon emissions as well as promoting electric vehicles overall so uh, my idea is that the still the biggest challenges are uh, into play because uh, india is still yet to become a developed economy as of now and uh, we are still on the path of that but uh, if you talk about charging infrastructure that is one of the biggest bottlenecks that we face every now and then and overall if you talk about the space uh, evs are still in a very nascent category so even the oems the manufacturers they are still exploring a lot of things in terms of uh, power trains uh, in terms of batteries lithium ion batteries and there is a lot of uh, evolution that is happening right now so nothing is very predominantly fixed or certain and the kind of numbers that you play with in your business on a day to day basis 
it's it's really uh, it's really more practical no, more theoretical rather than you'll having a practical experience to it so it's just that uh, it's just do or die situation you know every day you are just maybe uh, throwing your balls here and there and maybe then then exploring whether it is the right choice that you made or not so th- those are some uh, certain uncertainties that are going on right now but yes uh, still now uh, in our journey so far we have been really uh, really aggressive in our approach uh, currently we have, we have deployed more than uh, 300 plus electric three wheelers especially in eight cities across india uh, we we are at an amazing momentum that we are last month only we were doing doing almost 1 lakh deliveries 0.1 million deliveries on a monthly basis so uh, that has been the traction so far thank you for letting us know regarding the adoption and you know how much you guys have scaled uh, your operations it's such a heavy industry for it to be reciprocated ac- across different places around india so do you believe that just access to capital is also something which many startups in this ecosystem struggle with or what is the problem around expansion uh, what do you foresee around in the expansion sector yeah yeah that that's a really uh, really nice question out here because see uh, i would i would uh, maybe deep dive into this question step by step okay so uh, what is that see first of all i, I i'll just uh, uh, give a small brief about my business model so in our business model we are a purely asset light company uh, so on one side we are basically uh, aggregating demand from the top e-commerce companies you know who are really looking forward to switching and transitioning to electric vehicles for their last mile deliveries on the other side we are basically aggregating supply directly from the ev oems you know who are the manufacturers of electric vehicles so we as zingo are acting as intermediaries between the demand and the supply so we take care of the entire onm uh, and the entire operations of the fleet as well as we provide uh, drivers as a part of our service to our clients so we take care of the entire uh, show also you see that all these companies are really uh, focused towards expanding more and more into the tier 2 and tier 3 cities right so that is their key focus that they really want to have a major acquisition into the market and on the other hi- other side we can see that there is a lot of ev companies who are manufacturers of these products they really want to show- showcase show and demonstrate the use case or the commercial viability of their products so our business model gives us a bandwidth to hyperscale at any at any, at any given point of the time because we are being backed by the oems so we really we really have that all kinds of support in terms of maintenance in terms of services in terms of shorter tats for in term, uh, uh, with any kind of breakdowns because our operations in the last mile industry are 365 days a year okay we don't really have any kind of holidays to uh, to ascertain so basically we require a very robust network and a backing of oems to support our uh, services and productivity levels and on the other hand we really want to have an expansive demand which we which we already have because these companies uh, the e-commerce players are really expanding so the our business model gives us that bandwidth you know to hyperscale at any moment so if an amazon asks us to deploy 100 plus vehicles in 10 cities we have that bandwidth because we are connected with all these oems who have their dealer networks service networks in those cities so that is one of the advantages that we have over our peers secondly as you mentioned that uh, the adoption so yes uh, if you talk about all these companies they were fairly dependent upon captive logistics for their uh, last mile deliveries of their products but uh, currently the trend has been changing even these companies are you know more focused towards 3pl companies third party logistics uh, players mm-hmm. like us who are in early stages of evolution so all these companies are really basically subletting their demand uh, because it's it's really difficult for them to meet out the demand exposure also if you talk about the existing players 
you know, or the logistics players who are there in the market, they really don't have the expertise and the know-how about the EV space. It's, it's, it's at a very nascent stage. And it is really difficult for them to accept because they really need to build an infrastructure across uh, when, when they have to deploy EVs. They need, really need to have those tie-ups. So it's a very challenging space overall. And uh, we, uh, Zingo, are basically not just building that complete ecosystem that wherever we are moving, wherever we are even uh, tagging along the EV infrastructure, we are we are building up our tech platforms, you know, uh, making uh, making our uh, delivery associates or our delivery boys getting all that exposure of multiple businesses or multiple clients. So this gives them a bandwidth of making more revenues. So that is the kind of platform that Zingo is building across in the market. I think that's uh, that's very smart, and I see why um, you are going to make a difference because you're not focusing just on the whole idea of yeah, we are doing EV and we are making it sustainable, but you're actually building an ecosystem that's going to help you in the in the long run. So um, my question is again going to be a little bit more on infrastructure because you said that was a huge hurdle as well. How are you doing it on ground? Do you have like um, stations specifically for your Zingo, uh, uh, Zingo drivers or, or how is the infrastructure happening? What are the, some of like the physical things that are happening on ground? So uh, yes, you you rightly said uh, because see infrastructure we are not a uh, we are not an innovator or a manufacturing company at all. Okay, so we are a more of an aggregator or a facilitator company who are building up our platform, who are making it ease for a utilization of EVs. And just as you rightly said, see, right now maybe EVs are as new as uh, 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 as they're really really new as a technology. But you know, in the long run, there would be any other product like in the market. Right. So that is why we are not really blabbering upon the fact that, yes, we are only an EV run company and that is a, that is a part of our DNA. But our major focus lies in that, yes, when we are building something for the future, it's more important that it, it has to be in a constructive manner. Okay. So as you, as you were mentioning about the EV infrastructure, so see what we have done is that we have really tied up with a lot of uh, smart players in the market who are into the into the composition of building an EV, EV infrastructure across India. Okay, so we have, we have tied up with companies like uh, uh, Sun Mobility, we have tied up with Charge Zone, we have tied up with Electric Pay. So what they have a problem is that even if they're developing an EV infrastructure across India or any multiple cities, there is not much utilization mm-hmm. of their assets. So we, on the other hand, are giving them an assured utilization. Right. So wherever we are allowing them or maybe so sometimes we definitely have flexible models. Uh, we definitely have sometimes a captive infra also that where they, they really don't they, they are not keen enough to deploy an EV infrastructure. Uh, so they would ask us to maybe invest some some part into the EV infrastructure, what they are particularly building for us. And in some places where they, they say that, yes, they also want to basically fare out into those cities and into those pockets. Because see, currently we are targeting only tier one cities and metros. So in, in if there are different pockets in a city and if they are also very much keen to be a part of that area strategically, and we know that our client has a base there or a warehouse there like an Amazon or a big basket, we would ask them to deploy their EV infrastructure there. And we can show give them an assured use case through our vehicles and our fleet that yes, that much is, will, be, will be the utilization. So it's a win-win for all the companies, you know. So we are trying to build up a whole scenario or, a, or an ecosystem here where everybody is in a win-win position. And also the infrastructure that is being built, it's a public infrastructure. 
whatever even if we have as a captive infra also we are even allowing other fleet operators or maybe other people who really want to use it as a part so that gives us a revenue sharing for the in, uh, amount that we have in, invested in building up that infra so that is how we are working currently so uh, what i wanted to understand was you know as as you're building an infrastructure and you are you are building an ecosystem around this whole industry you need multiple stakeholders and multiple solutions around uh, mobilization of this whole system right so and an important part of this infrastructure is also finance so how's finance working because i see a lot of noise around fintech and ev coming up fintech and mobility coming up so how are you managing the financial pillars of your ecosystem yeah that's that's was one tough nut to crack guys honestly <laughs> because uh, although it's india and you know yeah. uh, it's really you can see that the overall structure if you talk about the financing system or the banking system is is not really it's not a very perfect time post the pandemic uh, that things have not been so blossoming for even the nationalized banks or maybe any financial institution so it was really really challenging for us in our journey so far because uh usually there is a lot of uncertainty towards evs you know uh what would be their adoption what would be the residual value of the vehicles and all those kind of things so uh, the capital infusion uh, that is required is is really huge i would say because uh, when you talk about evs uh, neither you, you you not just you only talk about the vehicle but you also talk about the ev infrastructure and secondly uh, if you see that uh, the technology is very new right so things are pretty expensive they are not readily available at a mass scale right so once they are once they do then the definitely the services or maybe the uh, the overall production or the or the prices would be very competitive but right now only there is a very lesser adoption as of now so things are a little pricey and they demand that kind of a skill set and that training is required you know to drive an electric vehicle so we we try to infuse all that as a part of our uh, infrastructure that we have to build across our operations so but yes uh, the the major pillars that we could ascertain was uh, firstly uh, most of the money that was infused through is by the the founders and the co-founders okay and uh, it was a, it was more or less like a family money into the company and then later we definitely approached a lot of people uh, through various crowdfunding models uh, where they really want to basically invest into an electric vehicle and lease the vehicle to us directly so those models were really helpful to uh, to you know build up our traction because more and more people really were looking for some promising returns uh, on their investments and uh, we were getting uh, we were giving a short returns because there was a lot of demand into the market for electric vehicles but right now if you say but uh, things are changing pretty fast uh, things are really evolving like now more and more nbfcs with bigger players coming into play like so like recently uh, companies like mahindra companies like piaggio hero electric so with all these big players coming into the picture uh, more uh, there is a more comfort into the market especially the uh, the finance side so yes fintech companies are definitely taking an advantage here uh, although the 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 interest rates are pretty high but still i think uh, there is a decent amount of cash flows that are basically revolving around in the industry and yes i think uh, uh, the times will be more smoother as and when we go forward with it interesting so um, you know there's so much change happening and uh, every day is a different day in this industry so what is your perfect your utopia moment going to be like what do you envision it say down 15 years or 20 years i hope uh, everybody is using zingo vehicles in like <laughs> 15 years and you know we, we hardly are talking about it just like you you uh, you know companies like tesla and all 
but yeah jokes apart yaar yeah, uh, see i think uh, uh, i think uh, uh, definitely the world is evolving okay and uh, we are uh, we are a greener company and uh, people are more focused towards the society is more driving towards uh, cleaner solutions so we are definitely seeing a lot of evolution maybe things like uh, hydrogen fuels or maybe things like uh, other uh, other kind of lithium ion or maybe other kind of battery solutions are maybe uh, expected in the few years but see uh, the more or less the 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 winning strategy at the end of the day is that yes the uh, the common goal is the same right Uh, it's like the uh, as as what uh, jaram mentioned earlier i mentioned earlier that uh, uh, it doesn't really matter it's an ev at at the end of the day it's the, the only thing that matters is uh, what is the beauty of its utilization right so the kind of utilization the kind of ecosystem that is being built as far now so it will definitely help a lot of adoption and with a lot of adoption a lot of people in the society will make more money out of it and uh, definitely there will be a lot of savings as well because when the, all these companies are basically getting a lower lower tcos uh, so this entails them to save a lot of money on the delivery costs uh, and with more competition building into the play i'm sure they'll have to pass on these uh, benefits to the customers as well so uh, that is that is how the ecosystem is building as of now and maybe 10 years down the line cr i what i pursue is that now uh, people are more focused towards hyper local okay hyper local is the next big thing because uh, now you nowadays you can even see that Uh, e-grocery or everything is being ordered online okay uh, with, with in, in india india also the the industry has picked up really well uh, because uh, you see that uh, even bigger companies conventional companies like tata motors has recently acquired big basket and uh, 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 grofers has been uh, uh, partly acquired by zomato geomart reliance has entered into this forum through geomart so all these big uh, big players are entering into it with amazon and flipkart already dominating the space into the e-commerce sector so it would not really be very challenging for them also to diversify into e-grocery and hyper local as a space so i see that there is a lot of uh, change that is happening and uh, we as a company uh, we as a team uh, the team zingo is basically in the pole position to capture this transition so even if it's the transition is uh, happening towards evs right now we are definitely a way ahead of the game and whenever it's uh, focused towards more cleaner and better fuels we will be open to that space as well when you're talking about green and then sustainability and how ev is a sustainable option uh, i struggle with this question and i wanted to ask someone like you is the fact that how green is ev actually because i want to know that you know everyone's talking about a whole life cycle of a product do you see yourself also thinking about uh five years six years down the line and how these products or parts of them can be reused is that something that is being spoken about talked about um because there needs to be something because we're going to have a a, a a a huge amount of you know maybe batteries that are going to be that need to be recycled and reused what is your um what is your take on that how green are you going to make evs <laughs> right no no you are absolutely right about that apprehension and see uh, being being a part of this industry and uh, knowing things here and there uh, i would say that see uh, first of all uh, the direct impact that what we can do right now is uh, it's it's just a start here you know you'll have to start somewhere right so maybe once once we have just completely switched on to a more mode of transportation which is absolutely emission free so there is zero carbon emission in evs as of now okay so that is one good thing about electric vehicles 
and with the kind of lithium ion battery technology that is being uh, promoted across india as well so we are even uh, replacing the existing and the old lead acid battery you know it has more pollution uh, so if you can imagine the scale of vehicles yeah. all the automotive vehicles even petrol cars or hybrid cars they also have lead acid batteries right so the entire evolution is going to change there as well that a lead acid battery which was basically degrading in in 18 months or 2 years you know now the capacity and the overall life of a battery has been enhanced right with lithium ion with uh, with with nmc technology nickel manganese and cobalt the the overall battery life has been uh, extended to 5 years or 7 years okay so definitely uh, the i would say the utilization or maybe the replacement would take a more longer uh, time and uh, secondly as you were mentioning uh, you're absolutely right that yes what's next after 5 years or 7 years what happens to these batteries so uh, what my perception is as of now is that uh, currently uh, these batteries are pretty expensive because as I, as we mentioned that it is not a mass scale production or a mass usage as of now but when there is faster adoption and more and more companies in two wheelers three wheelers and four wheelers start switching on to these so the cost will definitely reduce okay secondly uh, yes uh, when when i have seen the the batteries and how they are built across so i have seen this fact for my for that is for my personal knowledge that they all you need to replace is the fuel cells okay so the casing remains the same the entire thing remains the same all you need to just replace that the fuel cells in that battery has been degraded okay uh, you replace it you if you see your mobile phone okay uh, earlier nokia phones we used to use keep on using for yeah. so many years right yeah. Yeah. so definitely they had some lithium and lithium batteries okay but yes after a certain age or there is a degradation the the overall efficiency of the battery degrades right the phone doesn't last for that longer uh, but you will have to keep on charging it so that will happen but yes if you have a very robust charging infrastructure what's there to fear right in yeah. terms of a vehicle yeah. you keep on charging it how old the battery is it just it doesn't matter that it would not last for 8 hours or 10 hours but it yeah. would just degrade faster yeah. so that is all that going to happen to it right and secondly yes uh, when you talk about a company who is manufacturing these batteries why would they need to make this the entire shell or a completely new battery across once again when they can just replace it with the fuel cells that is required so i am sure maybe some amount of product uh, uh, you know carbon emissions or the resources or the fuels that can be saved out of this interesting how you brought in you know demand based cost cuts in battery adoption and even battery manufacturing so which countries do you think or which economies have really adopted the way uh, a way ahead in this industry and which country can we look upon as an example uh, in the space mm, or a company yeah i i definitely uh, see that see um, uh, companies like tesla are way ahead of the game okay uh, they they've uh, been very much supported by uh, they were a part of the developed economies you know and they were really supported by the governments so Uh, i would say that uh, the adoption was way faster okay with the kind of infrastructure that they provided with fast chargers with with better uh, battery technologies and uh, so it was really helpful so that is what kind of adoption is being required in india as of now but if you talk about still uh, as a country i would say china is still leading the game here because uh, uh, they've been they've been into this forum i don't know how could they foresee the future so early that uh, they were really into the game for quite some time now uh, i i think early in the 2000 in the, in the millennial uh, century they have started focusing on to evs and there is this uh, if you talk about public infrastructure like 
China is in a country which is running more than one lakh ninety thousand buses already, uh, electric buses. Okay, uh, which which countries in the Europe and in in the East and even in the West they have just started to adopt. Right, even in India there is a lot of adoption of electric buses by the government, uh, by state governments across India. So uh, the, that is we are what is the transition that is what we are seeing right now. But uh, as a country or as an economy, yes, uh, I would say China definitely has a first mover advantage. But uh, yes, uh, I, let's see what how how things go ahead. And uh, when it comes to batteries and you know adoption and even manufacturing the complete uh, battery infrastructure, do you think India is in a place that we are equipped in even in terms of our raw material supply chain and infrastructure about uh, from procuring raw materials? Are we are we in a good place that we can foresee a good uh, a large industry coming from India itself, or you think it's going to be more of an import driven adoption in India? Yeah, uh, that's that's really a very very promising question here because see, uh, I also believe that uh, if you talk about lithium reserves or uh, the the core raw material reserves, I would say we can see definitely that that there is a challenge, you know, of those resources in India. Uh, but uh, what what I pursue is that see, uh, right now as an economy, we we just want to showcase to the world that we are uh, we are one of the leading manufacturers and a very faster adoption. Uh, that can be driven uh, through india right just like what we showed in covid times you know uh, we were we were among the few countries uh, who who were really fast and keen to maybe develop technologies or these vaccines you know which were required worldwide so a similar kind of uh, uh, strategy is being placed around here so if you just accept the lithium part there is a lot of other things like uh, the entire battery manufacturing or maybe the powertrain the controllers the motors so all that uh, definitely india can be a really really good uh, manufacturer uh, across the globe and could provide a lot of support in terms of uh, providing these and exporting these products worldwide so that is what the government of india is doing right now that they are creating a lot of push even if we know that maybe at certain point of time we might be dependent upon china or any other economy for the raw the core raw material but what if that the remaining things that can be produced out here and then that can be exported right so it would some way compensate to that as well i like how practical you are in your thinking and and how you see what things as it is um so i'm going to go i think we we delved a lot into ev and and i like how you just uh, educated us so well about it but i want to sort of ask you a little more personal question so how has it been you know being a founder when did you actually start thinking about this or was it something that you always wanted to do as a kid so to be very honest with you guys see i was uh, basically prior to this i was handling uh, different verticals in my part, in my family businesses right so always whenever you 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 uh, drive into something which has been already sustainably running you definitely have that adrenaline rush that yes you really want to start something of your own one day right but uh, definitely there is always an advantage that you get get to learn a lot of things because the systems that have been already in place so that was really the learning curve that i needed uh, over the over the years you know and uh, uh, but yes uh, to start something of my own is really passionate and i'm really passionate about what i've started and uh, uh, how step by step how how because see uh, if you if you uh, talk about uh, very bluntly i would say that uh, whenever you start a new business right maybe if you're starting a restaurant you would go for the one of the best chef across the in the city right and you would want him to hire him right so what when when i was thinking that 
I am starting a new EV company, but there is no other EV company. Who should I poach the people out from, right? So that was one of the basic challenges that, that I also wanted to be, uh, bring across a dream team on the table. But yes, I have people from different different streams, different backgrounds working with me, and we have an amazing team out here, right? So that gives us the motivation, that gives us the strength that no matter people from different backgrounds and different walks of life have come and joined together, but we are something. We are building the future out here, right? We we are we are making life easier. We are we are providing even if in in tough times like uh, like the pandemic times, you know, we were there uh, instrumental in providing essential supplies to the people. So that really gives us the motivation that we have created something meaningful out here. And I think that is more or less that is required, you know, at the end of the day. Even if as an entrepreneur, if you want to create something of your own, that definitely gives you the push and the and the kind of motivation or confidence that is required. But at the end of the day, how meaningful and how uh, how how adaptable it is to the society that also really means a lot. So those were really the the early learnings that we that I could garner from starting this company uh, as a founder. And yes, it's that uh, it's uh, there are a lot of challenges every day, but you know every every now and then. Uh, you just have to deep dive and maybe think that you are doing the right thing. That's all. Amazing and Pratik, thank you so much for being so candid and being very open. And I think it's every citizen right to look after the society and especially the nation we are in. And tell us something that apart from business, uh, what's your hobby like and what's your lifestyle like? Um, so uh, I'm pretty uh, more a uh, little bit focused towards uh, you know uh, playing cricket. so that's was one of part of my hobbies uh, so whenever i get the time i would squeeze out some time from my existing work schedules and uh, just play cricket although things were pretty closed during the covid times but uh, still uh, i would somehow try try and manage that secondly uh, yes uh, kind of a, a really uh, into these uh, all these new series and all uh, they they really you know clears your head right you whenever you are fucking stuck up and you know you just you just don't know what to do next So it's better to uh, watch something on Netflix and maybe clear that head out. You know, get into that zone where you can just uh, start start afresh. So uh, just just the regular lifestyle, yeah, and and just uh, you know, spending a lot of time with my team. That really makes me know them, and even they know me well. So we we really adopt adapt to each other that ways, uh, and uh, we spend most of our times together working in the offices. Although we are very liberal, that may, if you if you you guys really want to go home i would not be the one to stop you guys you know if you want to work from home i would not be uh, the one who will be uh, you know talking like a boss no you have to stay or you'll have to come to office regularly but yeah the people that i work with are really motivating and they really they give that uh, they give that uh, comfort uh, around uh, the entire team that yeah, they 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 really love to work and overall uh, whenever we do some events across you know Uh, to create some awareness and some campaigns, uh, we we try to drive them out that more and more people uh, come and invest into EVs or maybe join hands. So we'll be happy to even aggregate their vehicles and you know provide them to our customers. So it will be a it will be a common goal that it will be a win win for them as well as for us. So we we try to build on that. So and it gives a lot of push to the car to the overall team as well. That when they see that uh, whenever somebody hears about EVs, so people really don't know. and we were the ones who who would be the ones who you know will be sharing those good things that this is this this is that so it it's really excites the people around that's nice that you know you're 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 sort of creating that environment and i can see that it it stems from a founder like i you very well know how a founder is and how he sort of builds his 
you know uh, work environment and and the comfort that you give uh, for your um, you know employees or or just your colleagues you don't have to call them employees even um right. so uh, i'm sure you you sort of have uh, mentors you said your uncle was one mentor what are like books or people or 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 things like that that inspire you or something that you go back to um you know uh, for you to sort of understand and make sure that you're in the right mindset me i'm i'm uh, uh, just uh, i you know the only thing that scares me are the books part that's all <laughs> because <laughs> that's one thing uh dudes <laughs> in the school days but uh, it's been the long old days that i have gone so far so honestly speaking really cannot take time uh, to dwell into books but i know it's really bad of it because uh, it would really act- open a lot of doors for me and the way i think across uh, but yes i really discuss uh, things with a lot of people uh, that gives me that bandwidth and an openness uh, to share my thoughts and even hear out their thoughts as well so i really int- uh, love interacting with a lot of people about the space about uh, different uh, different people who are a part of this industry you know a lot of people that we get to connect with on a day to day basis and o- o- overall uh, see the the point is that uh, everything is so new and so uh, it's it's like it's the beauty of learning right every day that you you go to work you you learn something new out of this space so what we also trying to have is that we have an open mindset we are happy to learn we'll happy to try we are happy to fail we don't matter that even if we try harder we might make it successful so that is how we have been uh, that is how the journey has been so far you know the first vehicle that i deployed at amazon i terribly failed i still remember those days you know so but today i can i can really say that i'm proudly a partners to an amazon and you know delivering their matching out their productivity levels so uh, for me uh, the overall uh, advisors and mentors is anybody you know sometimes even uh, even kids as small as who are even younger uh, at a very at a very nascent age even they teach us a lot of things so it's just that how quickly you grab and apply into your business so that is my approach towards my work and uh, i am really happy to ideas uh, even from my team my colleagues that whatever they wish to try let us just try and see what what would what worse would happen is that we will fail right so that is the kind of approach we taken it's better to try and then later on not regret that we did not try this so that is the only approach that we follow uh but yes uh, every now and then uh, i definitely have some advisors some people who are looking after like my uncle my dad and uh, there are other people in the industry i i have got some amazing relationships in the automobile industry uh, working in my family background for so many years so all that help is definitely a really a really advantages for us you know overall uh amazing pratik and you know i love that growth mindset you have and egoless approach to learning and you know trying to absorb as much as possible so that you could take a better decision holistically right amazing and we believe in that and the whole notion of this podcast is also around that so we just embrace with great conversations and just understanding pitfalls and failures so what has been your favorite failure so far business wise yes uh, see uh, i have some uh, when i when i initially adopted to electric vehicles so i was basically facing the biggest failure was yes it was uh, it was really hard uh, to uh, you know build the case around the capital uh, infusion into the company and even a lot of challenges while procuring those electric vehicles and also uh, the kind of trust there was a lot of trust deficit in the market as well because you know i was also not really keen and sure about the products that i was buying 
because a lot of new players new age companies had come into the play so uh, i a couple of products that i tried really what happens was the people that i met the the owners or the founders of those companies i met that time they were really focused and they were really inspiring to me and i just bought uh, bought across their products and started showcasing them into the market but today the biggest failure that i have driven is that more some a few of those companies have maybe just uh, diversified into something else okay so we are just hanging by the thread you know we are the lost uh, like the alone lone uh, lone rangers into the market space with that kind of a product which is not being supported in terms of services in terms of uh, other aspects that are required by an oem so there we were uh, we taken a lot of sabbatical hits in the initially but yes uh, it gave us a lot of learning because uh, uh, whenever we were uh, uh, facing a lot of troubles uh, from the oem side you would definitely deep dive into the market ourselves to you know to rectify that product or maybe to to take care of it better so that has built up the case overall that today we, even we are using better products from better brands like mahindra or a piaggio or a hero so we are very much sure that our caretaking or our maintenance services or our inventory management is way better compared to how we were initially because earlier the business model that we had built across our company was really to just aggregate uh, directly from an oem and we were really backing on the support of an oem so when we even saw, saw those days that when an oem is uh, is basically leaving you and uh, you are you have to be stranded alone into the market how how you do, how you face those consequences so that has been the biggest failure so far and and as one of the most important learnings in the game we just have just one more question that we ask all our guests um, if you had a billboard and you had to write something it does not have to be specific to your business it can be to life or just something that you want to say out to the world what would it be Make Zingo a billion-dollar company. That, uh, <laughs> Perfect. Let's nail that in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love. I love how you are so uh, passionate about your work, and 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 I can see how like everything actually comes down to that. And I, I really hope, uh, and I, I can see. I, I, I foresee Zingo going great places, and I'm so happy that we connected with you. So thank you guys. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, hope to stay connected with you in the future as well. Please do share yeah. your, uh, uh, you know, whatever podcasts and all. I'll be a regular listener, so I'll be happy to have hear out more conversations with uh, other entrepreneurs as well. And amazing guys, whatever you're created here is amazing. You know, it's it's really lovely to uh, synergize and connect yeah. new people out there. So it's it's really an amazing experience. Thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast. You can follow us on Instagram for all our latest updates. Until next time signing off. This is Pranab and my co-host Janish.